We are headed for another wet weekend in Suzuka, Japan. It's lights out and away we go for episode 81 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. Marco, it was a quick week, we're back, we're racing on that side of the world that I don't really know the geography of much, but we are in Japan, Suzuka, that much I do know. How are we feeling going into this race weekend? Pretty good, it seems like it's uh, tsunami season though. Uh, yeah, dude. My god, dude. I mean, just let the guys, uh, they got plenty of drinks of water out there, I guess. Yeah, no one's, de- no one's uh, dehydrated, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is just the FIA probably just looking out for the drivers, as always. Yeah, good on them. You can between always that, trust the FIA to do what's right. Between that and then making Lewis take out his nose piercings and earrings, you know, they're they're really looking out for driver safety. <laughs> All right, uh, this one should be quick, this episode. Uh, we're going to go through a couple of recent headlines, track preview of Suzuka, um, the gambling corner, our new sector, and finally wrap up with our race predictions. So let's get right into our recent headlines. <laughs> All right, first up in the headlines, let's talk about uh, probably the biggest news story of the last week. We alluded to it last podcast, but um, Red Bull might be in a little bit of trouble with the uh, accounting department of the FIA. So the FIA gives out certificates of compliance, which is adorable that the, that the FIA gives teams little certificates like participation trophy awards. Um, basically, just, just to say, congratulations, you were under the budget cap that we established. Uh, good job. Red Bull and I believe is it Aston Martin, but mm-hmm. more importantly Red Bull because no one cares. Uh, <laughs> anybody else? Um, Red Bull is suggested to have not been uh, within compliance, so that means they will not uh, not get their certificate, which seems like it would be the biggest punishment uh, because again, like we talked about last episode, what are they going to do? So yeah. So that had been going on in the background. They were supposed to release something, I think, uh, early this week. And then they got to the time and said, okay, we're actually going to push this out to Monday of next week. Which, it's just an absolute clown show, once again, mm-hmm. from the FIA. They're going to, you know, they're going to... I don't know what they're going to uncover in the next week about a budget that happened 10 months ago. Or, or for a year that ended 10 months ago. So it's just like, show us what you have. It just makes it seem so sketchy. Like, the, I don't know. Yeah. They, the FIA are the, the absolute kings of taking their sweet time of making decisions. And that rears its head again here. Yeah, a couple things here. Um, I, I don't know if they probably were like, all right, like we probably did a half-ass job. Everyone looked good. And then all this stuff comes out with uh, with Ferrari and Mercedes basically like pointing fingers, being like, oh, they they well passed the uh, cap. Everyone knows it. They were like, oh, shit. Um, maybe we should maybe we should like really do our jobs and look into it. Actually, and I think that's probably what happened <laughs> I, uh, is my assumption is that they were probably like, oh, another certificate, another year, easy. Let's move on. And then, yeah, this raised some concern in the past week. And so they're like, shit, we don't have enough time to actually make sure that they were following it. So we're going to have to push it back. Uh, My other point is what other sport and or profession can you kind of do this on? Like if I had a job and like, hey, projects due Wednesday, Wednesday comes around. I was like, "Uh, Monday, Monday. 
or any other athlete that was like, hey, you got a game on Sunday. Like, hey, we're actually not prepared for this game yet. Uh, can we push this one back? Like, I don't understand. Do they not get in trouble at all? They just seem like the the governing body that can do all wrong, but like nothing happens. So I, I don't really understand how there's no punishments or like slap on the wrist on the FII other than people just being like, you guys are incompetent. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I've run out of things to say. We've said so much about the FIA. Like, there's no – it's wild that they keep getting away with the stuff that they do, but it's like, what other option do we have? Yeah, I, I guess there, is, there just isn't, unfortunately. Yeah. And next up, uh, Lewis told Toto Wolf that he would uh, – or I guess, let me, let me say it like this. Toto Wolf reported to people asking him that Lewis told Toto that he would drive for another five years at least. So Lewis is turning 38 in January. Um, I don't – I mean, call me crazy. Fernando's doing it, I guess. But, like, I don't really see him sticking around that much. I just feel like he's just, like, got too much. Like, when you when you win too much, you know, you win too much, you have other stuff going on. Like, what's the point of doing this for, you know, like, wh- like what – I don't know. Like, what's the point of doing this for, you know, through your mid-40s? Like, why – just go live your life, kind of. Don't you – like – does that make sense, or am I just No, like, oh, I mean, I kind of get it, but I also would like to say, like, he seems like the Tom Brady of Formula One, where, you know, both have seven championships, both just want to keep doing their thing. The only good thing with Lewis is he doesn't have a family, so he doesn't have to worry about divorce. Dude, and neither does Alonzo, which is why he's going to stick in forever. Exactly. So and these so, guys so. have, like, no one holding them down to stay as long as they want, unlike old TB, who um, who's kind of, <laughs> you know, losing a soldier, so... Um, I think they can. I think I could see another five years. What else is he going to do? Like his side, his side chick, his little masseuse best friend, is going to be there alongside with him. So um, I think you know, there's nothing that he really has to factor in by continuing to to race in his mid forties. Imagine she, re- Angela, she retires. She's like, hey, yeah, no, she's like, hey, like <laughs> you have to retire, or this is it. He's like, oh, shit, okay, you want. All right, well, our last thing on the recent headlines, we have, I think this is the third or fourth or fifth time that we've mentioned this, uh, Pierre Gasly is headed to Alpine, or so Alpine says. And obviously, as we know in recent history, within the last two to three months, Alpine likes to jump the gun on telling, on saying that drivers are actually signed with them. In fact, not being actually signed with them. So um, we, we've been told by Alpine that he is an Alpine, Alpiner, uh, but uh, until I see, he's a peener. Um, until I see like official documentation and like his face on that graphic, the Formula One graphic that they always pass around, uh, I I'm gonna just hold it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to get too excited about this. Um, but I did say that uh, Fabrizio Romano was the one who I feel like a lot of people have like bro- quote unquote broken this news. But um, do you know who Fabrizio Romano is, Marco? Yeah, his quote was uh, a go go go. Wasn't it something like that? No, it's here we go. He, every time he tweets, so Fabrizio Romano is a is a soccer insider who always keeps up with like transfer windows and European and American soccer. Um, but he like his thing is here we go. It's like that's his like hey I have a scoop like here here it is. And I just like it's it's weird. It'd be like Adam it'd be like Adam Schefter being like uh, Lewis Hamilton is reportedly going to retire in two years. Like what? Stay in your lane, kind of. But yeah, it was interesting that he came from there. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I 
I think we recorded the podcast after like the recent three week break we had, and we were like, oh yeah, I guess it like isn't official yet, but it's been so official for so long, or so official without being official for so long that it's like I'm just ready for this to be to be over. Just give me the give me the Instagram post from Pierre saying excited for the new journey and something like that. Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. Um, also, do you think Will Buxton is just fucking shaking and he's just like this soccer fucker comes <laughs> yeah. in and breaks news? What the fuck? You best believe he's going to try to break some soccer news and then, like, oh. tag him or something. Yeah, something, like, very obvious. He's like, um, Eric Holland, if he keeps scoring three goals a game, he will break the record. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for our recent headlines. Moving right along to our track preview of Suzuka. Ian. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Grand Prix and the track. The Formula One Honda Japanese Grand Prix of 2022 is back. So uh, Suzuka is pretty important to the F1 calendar. It might not seem like it if you haven't been watching uh, Formula One since before COVID. Um, So like before COVID, Suzuka was there basically every year since 1987, except for two years it was held in Fuji. Um, And like the funny backstory there is that Honda's home turf is Suzuka and Toyota's home turf is Fuji. So, uh, like, in 2008, Toyota was finally like, hey, like, you know, Honda's getting a lot of attention. Let's bust in, you know, bust on to the F1 scene. Um, and so, but for 2000, you know, for, for two years, back in 2008, they were a part of it. Uh, and then, if you remember, in 2008, there was a massive global economic downturn. So, they, like, basically dipped their toes in the water and realized that the water was boiling hot. And we're like, yeah, no thanks. So, we've been racing in Suzuka ever since. And we will race there uh, until 2024, I think, is when it's contracted out, uh, which is good because there's a lot of history here. 13 times um, the race at, it's at Suzuka in Japan has decided who the F1 champion is. Um, and also, like, the other kind of, like, the darker side of the history here is that the, uh, you remember Jules Bianchi, Charles, uh, what is that, godfather or cousin, something yeah. like that, a family member, yeah. um, 2015 Japanese Grand Prix, that was the last time that somebody died, uh, or from an F1-related accident, it was, it wasn't actually on the track, but he, like, uh, it was super rainy, like, it's going to be this weekend, uh, car spun off, there were marshals with the crane helping that car, and then Jules spun off in the same area and hit the crane, and so it was just, like, you know, not necessarily, uh, good, like, safety protections for that situation, but, um, yeah, that, you know, that was obviously, like, you think of Suzuka, you obviously think of, like, you know, very, very cool track, which we'll talk about soon, but, you know, that definitely, uh, you know, batters around in the mind, um, and it talks, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff, like, we've had some safety car drama, you know, some, some, like, uh, some cars or some race finishing under the safety car, some safety car, like, you know, shenanigans last year. It's like, it sucks, but if you think about it, like, that's why, that's why we have the shenanigans. Like, it's kind of just the, uh, the price we got to pay for, uh, making sure that nobody fucking dies and loses their life on track. So, um, speaking of track on a more bright note, let's talk about Suzuka itself. So lot to this track, kind of curvy, got some S's in it and some big spoon curves um, where the drivers are going to be needing a lot of downforce at that high speed. Do have a few like slow, uh, kind of slow corners. There's a cool hairpin, kind of like the one in Monaco. Uh, a couple 90 degree turns in here sprinkled around. Um, and one of the 90 degree turns is actually right before the main feature, the coolest feature of this track, which is the overpass. It's the only one that uh, 
So Suzuka is the only track to have this kind of uh, kind of like design. It's like a figure eight circuit, with a sick layout where cars can go or like if you know if you time it right, one car can be directly under the other car at the same time. So that figure eight, uh, there's other like times where cars will go under an overpass, um, but it's just like it's under bleachers rather than an actual track above it. So um, yeah, it's this is like a cool track. I think people I haven't seen anybody that's not like really excited to see this track back. Um, just because, you know, A, we missed it. We've been missing it since before COVID. And B, it's just like, it's, it's one of the more unique ones just with the curves and all that. Uh, we got 5.8 kilometers going around this track. Drivers will go around 53 times, so for 53 laps. Uh, only one DRS zone, which, is, like, on the surface, you might be thinking, like, okay, well, does that mean, like, it's not going to pass much? But I, I, I think there is going to be a lot of passing. Um, they like a lot of overtaking just due due to the like curves that this track has like the big long curves um, I don't think that you can have a DRS zone anywhere else So um, there's still gonna be some dive bombing like uh, around that hairpin There have been some like incidents where you know guys either get set up to you know to make an overtake or something like that So um, yeah, only one DRS zone, but I don't think that I mean knock on wood here But I don't think it's necessarily gonna mean that there's you know less overtaking so especially with like the conditions and all that I think it's gonna lend itself to some some chaos and speaking of those conditions um, whether I'm excited to say that I think we are gonna get a little bit of rain on Sunday again so let's let the chaos ensue here I don't think it's gonna be as much as we saw in Singapore because that was ridiculous um, but yeah Saturday Sunday around low 70s uh, it'll be dry on Saturday for qualifying and then wet on Sunday so yeah I mean I think uh, I think this is going to be an interesting one. I think if we thought Singapore was interesting, just given the the difference in the track, like this one's going to be just up there. So yeah, here's to uh, excited race. Hopefully helped out by some uh, old Mother Nature's conditions. All right, heck yeah, heck got yeah. me all real excited for this one. So thank you, well, Ian, for that. Uh, going into our last it. sector, to our nope, psych. Going into our second last, the penultimate sector, gambling corner. Right now, I have $103 because I made a big whopping $3 last weekend, and then Ian is at 80 because he lost both of his. Um, I will just, okay. I'll throw mine on there as well. I just wanted to keep the, the listeners up to date. Um, I'll hit mine first with Alonzo top six, uh, plus 120. So hopefully he ends the DNF streak that he's had the last two races and shows what that, uh, what that nice speed is going to. I think actually a little sidebar, over half the F1 teams are coming in with some type of upgrades. I just don't know what this means anymore. I feel like it's every fucking weekend that we hear something is <laughs> like there's at least six teams with upgrades. Um, so this is also makes me very confused about um, the budget as well. I just don't understand. Like at the midpoint, I think half the teams I thought I heard were like, hey, we're focused on the 2023, no more upgrades. And then every weekend, those teams are getting upgrades. So alas, I don't know. Uh, but I think Alonzo in the top six. And then I'm also going to go, that is one unit. Uh, my, and then my second one is going to be a first lap retirement because of the rain. Um, I think people are going to go either very, very secure, which is going to fuck me, or people are going to just not know how to drive in the rain. Uh, so first lap retirement plus 120 for one unit as well. So two units, both plus 120. Love it. I um, kept mine pretty simple. I just think George is going to beat Lewis and Quali. That's just even money. So plus 100. One unit there, and then 
Uh, I was kind of surprised on this one. Red Bull double podium finish is plus 150. So I don't, like, I don't know what I'm, maybe I'm missing something there, but I don't think anybody's taking a, a grid penalty. Um, and I think they are both pretty confident, competent drivers in the wet. So, um, yeah, we'll hope to get a little bit of the money that I lost back. Turns out if you lose both of your bets, then you don't make money for the weekend. So there we go. Learn something new every day. Find out the hard way, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, good stuff. Uh, let's go into our last sector for our race predictions. Meow. Meow. Coming in to the weekend before the Japanese Grand Prix, Marco and I are deadlocked tied at 24 points each. I think it was your guess last go around, right? Uh, time out. Did you go first? Um, I don't remember, but I'll let One, you go. Two. Mm-hmm. All right, coming into the weekend for race predictions, we are both tied at 24 points each. Um, I, I mean, let's just get right to it here. Uh, race predictions. Marco, you went first last time. I'll go first this time. Who do we think will crash or DNF? Um, I think this one, this one is, is going to be, you know, we got to spice it up a little bit. And Max Verstappen hasn't had a DNF in a while. I have bet it, or I have like predicted it many times. It has not come true, but water's got to find its level, baby. So give me a Max Verstappen. Someone crashes into him, uh, just because of the wetness. All right. Um, that does go completely against your gambling corner. Just wanted to note that one out there for you. Um, <laughs> We're hedging. <laughs> hedge that sucker. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy that crashed in FP. So I'm going to go with Mick. Uh, also, we saw um, a little note by Steiner. Old, our, our good old friend Gunther saying that, yeah, we're, we're done with going and using rookies. Kind of like a little bit of a, a shade at, uh, I think, his time with Mick as well as um, old Nikita Mazepin. But... Technically, Mick is not a rookie, so I think he's still in consideration. That's how I'm looking at it. Um, so he's still fighting <laughs> for it. But um, I think confidence has got to be pretty low for the guy right now. So I'm going to go with Mick with the crash or DNF. Winner, I am going to go with Charles Leclerc. Um, I think, you know, you put a little testament of yourself with, um, you know, tough history with um, Charles here with obviously his relative, you know, passing away. Um, I could see him either doing very, very well in winning this race or uh, just like with the rain, kind of maybe like bad memories, uh, puts him in a bad space, him doing very, very poorly. But I'm going to just ride with the the Charles with the win. Love that. I'm going to go with uh, getting his first win, getting Mercedes' first win of the season and his first win in a Grand Prix. Give me George Russell coming across the line first. Just think he's good in the wet. And I'm, I'm, again, hedging for some chaos up front. Last place, uh, I'm going to do Mick Schumacher. I don't know if he's either going to crash or get last. So one of us gets a point, I think. Yeah, yeah I think it's it's pretty uh, pretty smart bet right there. <laughs> I am going to go with uh, last place. Let's, let's throw it back to our boy, Nicholas Latifi. Um, I think he should have if it weren't for uh, old George last week. So um, I say he's due. He's been due for a couple weeks. So uh, Latifi there, driver of the day. I am going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Lewis. I know oh, he's nice. not I... been really happy with the uh, happy with the car. Um, so I don't know. I don't feel good about this, but so it would be. Yeah, I actually was going to go with Lewis too, but since um, since you went with Lewis, I will double hedge and go Max Verstappen, driver of the day, and DNF, and on the podium. 
So uh, yeah, one of them's go. gotta hit, dude. One, <laughs> like, one of them doesn't hit, dude. <laughs> I'm just playing the odds to walk home with something. Um, douche of the day, brought to you by Summer's Eve. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> dude, you can tell. Your boy was drinking a little bit last night, and my brain's not working because I had Max in my yeah, gambling baby. and DNF. Fuck and it. my douche of the day is going to be who I also think is going to be my winner. It was just George. So Got George it. getting okay. a little frisky, playing uh, playing bumper cards with Mick Schumacher last week. I'll ride the wave and hope he's getting a little too big for his little britches. George, Russell, douche of the day. I'm going to go with um, the guy at his home track. I'm going to go with Yuki. Uh, I don't think okay. that uh, – I think it's going to be a little too much pressure on the guy. And – he starts to mess up a little bit. Typical, you know, Alpha Tower year. Typical Yuki kind of year right now. And then he just gets super pissed. Love that. Um, my wild card is going to be... Alpine takes a double-digit lead back on McLaren. Okay. Wow. Jerk. Uh, well, I mean, dude, you know when I bet something, it never goes the other <laughs> right way. So you're welcome. Love that. For my wildcard prediction, I'm going to go with Nicholas Latifi getting his first points of the 2022 Formula One season. Um, you might think that that's, you might say, Ian, that's a foolish, uh, you know, kind of foolish uh, prediction just because earlier today in FP1, he took the wrong turn and actually was driving off the track. And then to make it even better, he was like, oh, something with the car. It was weird. I'm okay, though. Like, <laughs> so let's keep weird. going. It's like, no, dude. You, car, dude. you just took the wrong turn on a racetrack. So, uh, but anyway, Nicholas Latifi, give me some points for the Canadian that we're never going to see again after this year. Fastest lap, George Russell, baby. So let's see what, just to recap, George is going to be the douche of the day, fastest lap, and the winner. I think that's all possible, actually. Could be. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Max, fastest lap. <laughs> uh, Paul, I am going to go with Sergio Perez. Give me, give me Carlos signs. And for our last prediction of how many cars don't finish, I I think I'm going to go with six. Ooh, I, I think I'm going to see. I, th- I think it's going to be some chaos. I'm going to go with four. Okay. I like yours better now that you said it out loud, but that'll be it. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to close out this episode without passing it over to Marco. See if you can do it. You See if you can do it, folks. No, you can't do that unless you don't do, don't do it. Um, all right. Anything else before we close out the episode? <laughs> Just kidding. See you, assholes. That's it. See you, assholes.